Hello and welcome to this AFL Live. I am your host, Alison Smirnoff, and I'm joined by my co-host, Susan Cadman. Oh, you changed it up this week. I wasn't ready. Ah. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> and Rachel Hibbert. Hello. I feel somewhat forgotten, but also okay about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd change it up a bit. Yeah, nice. Um, so before we jump into AFLW, Hiba, you made your return Yay! officially to yeah. the VFLW on the weekend mm-hmm. in glorious conditions oh, on, torrential on Saturday. Um, but how was it to get back out there? I think I channeled all of my nerves into excitement. I was going to say excitementness, <laughs> and that just shows you again that we're starting to record after quarter past nine. <laughs> um, I was so excited to get out there. I was shitting bricks prior to running out, but once I ran out onto the field, it was um, as if I'd never left, which was really exciting. Um, the weather was horrendous, Al. <laughs> it was horrendous. You braved it and got soaked in the stands of yes. Icon Park. Well, <clears throat> the only stand that was open was the Gardner stand, which is the oldest stand in the world, I think. <laughs> and there are many holes <laughs> in the roof. <laughs> so we were undercover, um, but dodging but just, drips. Yeah. Just. And then Caddy was also there. And every time she, at the end of a quarter, I love how she's complaining about this while I was out there. All of the quarters, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, but you're running around. I'm in jeans. True. And... Converse. Vans. Yeah. <laughs> and she <laughs> had to run across the width of Icon Park to get across to us. And by the time she'd done that, it was about time to go back to the box. <laughs> back we went. Yeah. You guys didn't even need us to, tell you to talk to you anyway, so it was fine. It was too funny. But it, it, it was bittersweet. Sweet to get back out there bitter because we didn't get the win you know, in the game that we would have liked to have done so. But uh, that means that we're still chasing something. Um, so it just means we get a bit bit more hungry. Um, but yeah, Hibbert, it was great to see you back out there. Had a little bit of a cheer squad in the uh, in the stand as well. I hope you heard us. I did. When I <laughs> ran out and within four seconds, I'd somehow made an impact and I heard this cacophony of Hibber, <laughs> which was my brother and two uncles and all of you. So yeah, yeah it, it was, was really fun. Nice. I actually, I had so much fun watching the VFL. It was great. Anyway... What a great weekend of AFLW footy. Positives and RFIs from the weekend, gang. Positives. Great to see the Giants have a win in Melbourne. Yes. Over a thousand days since the Giants have won a game in Melbourne. Wow. I would say they've well and truly been in line for a win here. So, got to have that as a positive. Also in the exact same awful, awful conditions that we played in. Yes. Interesting to note, the teams that played... On Saturday at in Melbourne at different times of the day. <laughs> yeah. Complete different conditions no matter whatever time of day you played. Oh, my God. Yeah, totally. Like absolute. Polar opposites. The yeah. morning, any time before 2 o'clock, it was bright sunshine and humid. And as soon as it hit 2 o'clock, it was like <laughs> winter. Yeah. Well, I took <laughs> I took my dog for a walk in the morning. And um, it was like I was in shorts and T-shirt. Like it was hot. Mm, and mm. then I, just before I left to go to the footy, I was like, oh, maybe I'll check the weather. And then I saw that it was going to get cold. So I, I rugged up. And I'm really glad that I did because it got really cold. <laughs> yeah, and there were p- people 
in shorts and t-shirt next to me. Oh, I mean, you're in Melbourne. You can't be leaving without your jacket, your, your you shorts to, yeah, and sun your umbrella. And some sunscreen. Yeah, prepare I did put sunscreen on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I needed it, but I was prepared. Getting back on track, though. <laughs> Sorry. I was super impressed with Melbourne's performance. That was mine. You can also have that. Okay, I I second that. Shall I third it? Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Are they back in town? They're, they're here peaking at the right time of the season, hopefully. Well, I mean, it was interesting. At, I think it may have been at halftime. They interviewed Daisy. Well, maybe it was after the game, actually. And her comment was, well, you know, after our performance last week and then following it up this week, like, that's the... That's the standard we just have to bring. And I th- I think when you have a look at the statistics, which we know we have a love-hate relationship with statistics, but the first one that really impressed me was Melbourne's tackles inside their forward 50, which then means that they're locking down the ball in their attack, that everyone's transitioning well. And then our favourite, Lozzie Pierce, oh. hit outs, Melbourne... 21, Adelaide 8. Yeah, that's huge. And centre clearances 7 and 2, respectively. Huge. They were just winning it out of the middle and then locking it in to their forward 50. That's how you win footy. Mm. Attacking. Yeah. But also, I think, I feel like like pressure was the key to some of these games over the weekend. Um, also, the, the, the pressure in the Collingwood... Brisbane game was off the chart. That Lions pressure, that first quarter, yeah. holy shit. Collingwood did not know what to do. And no one's played like th- – no one's been able to pressure them like that yet. Yeah. It's almost as if the the travel, which I'm sure we'll talk about, was what fired Brisbane up even more. Oh, yeah. Because they, they knew they had Collingwood at their home ground, which would have been an, another – which would have been a big boost for them in the first place. But then to be told, no, nah, get on a flight, they just took it in their stride. Yeah. Well, it fired me up and I don't even play. Yeah, no. <laughs> Same. I was just filthy that Collingwood didn't have to get on a plane. Yeah. Again. And, uh, you know, they their only trip, if it happens, will be in round nine – against Adelaide, which is only like (laughs) 40-minute flight. (laughs) They're the only team that haven't got on a plane yet. Mm. So further to that Collingwood-Brisbane game, can I have a pause? A pause? Yeah. Um, The return of the hard tag. Yep. I don't know if I've seen a hard, hard tag yet this season. And perhaps, you know, it's hard to keep track on, on the telly. But, my God. How good were Brisbane at locking down Chloe Malloy and Bree Davey? Oh, my God. It yes. was incredible. How did they keep Chloe Malloy goalless? In, the hard tag. In, oh, yeah. Thanks, Katie. <laughs> Just to be clear, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was a rhetorical question and you still answered it. <laughs> but seriously, two incredibly influential players completely taken out of that contest. Yeah. Chloe Malloy didn't touched the footy till halfway through the third quarter. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. And she was being swung back forwards wherever they could to try and get her hands on the ball. Yeah. 
So I know a lot of people don't like the tag, but I reckon it brings a really great, it's a really good part of footy that you've got to, I think, I think taggers get hard done by, like, um, were you a tagger, Caddy? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Caddy was taking pack marks. Uh, yeah. God, no, I can't keep with anybody. Um, taggers are seen as as sort of not good footballers mm. because they're f- essentially following a player around. But I think they're probably the smartest players out there because they both need to keep track of their player and be one step ahead of them, who's usually the best player on the team at all times. So I reckon... Respect the tag. Yep. We had a few weeks ago, we spoke about how on earth do you stop Collingwood? Yeah. They did it. Well, Brisbane just did it. They did it. So that's how we now know. Thank you, Brisbane, for answering the call. And can I say Brisbane missed a lot of shots in the first quarter, so actually should have won by a bit more. Yep. So they really did win. Like they really Mm. dominated. Mm. A a tagger who Melbourne – I guess saw is Gabby Colvin. Gabby sacrificed a lot of her VFL games um, for us to be a tagger on some of the biggest names. And I think the, the Melbourne recruiters saw that and saw that she had to be that, that exact player. Like you said, she had to be one step ahead of those players. Um, and she was. And so I, I thoroughly enjoy watching her now to see where she's um, progressed as well. Any RFIs from the weekend. Caddy um, wants Collingwood to get on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Love watching Collingwood play, but put them on a plane. <laughs> yep. Now. <laughs> now, just, just today, just for the day. See how they go. Yeah. Wear them around the country and bring them back just so they even up the playing field a little bit. Yes. Not necessarily an RFI. A bit of a kudos to the AFL for getting the Geelong and West Coast game mm. to happen. Yep. But to do it on a Monday night at five ten p.m. again, I know I know they like they just didn't have a crowd there. It was two ten p.m. in West Coast, and they were playing a game <laughs> of football on a Monday. Like they would have had to not, you know, no Geelong player would have been able to do their job. No West Coast Eagle player would have been able to do their job. And they'll be on a plane right now, coming they? home. Yep. And imagine how crap it is for your body to play a game of football and then get on a four-hour flight. Yeah. Support staff. Like, Mm. I don't know if they had their normal support staff. It's just, again, baffling (laughs) that this is happening. Yes. 210 in Perth. I mean, that means that, like, even school kids couldn't go. (laughs) No. And it's hot. It's really hot. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, good on you for... Thanks for getting it up and running. I'm not sure Geelong will be thankful, but... (laughs) Oh, I have one more positive, actually, from the weekend. Go on. I received a message from Georgina Hibbert, who is the author of a fantastic book about the GWS Giants called Never Surrender, which I am three quarters of the way through and thoroughly enjoying. Uh, you should definitely buy a copy. Uh, I will put the uh, website link uh, in the show notes. But I met up with her at half time, and she gave me an Elise Parker badge. And Al is wearing it right now. With pride, she, I walked in and she had it on her chest. She proudly over my heart. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So, um, 
there may be a another meeting of the APFC on the weekend in G-Town. So, um, yes, stay tuned to the socials for that one. God, I'm going to have to make another sign. Come for the room. Yes, trip. you are. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Hey, Hibbert, what time is it? It's question time. That was lame. Let's go again. Hibbert, what time is it? It's question time. <laughs> So, we have heaps of questions this week. Let's get cracking. So, we should get right into it. Okay. First question from Mitch underscore FC. And his question is, would the Giants be the most annoying team to coach? Their, their list has Emily times two, Jess times two, Aaron times two, Rebecca times two, Alicia, Elise and L. That's three L's. It's footy, so I imagine they all have the most ridiculous nicknames. Perhaps Smitty, um, I can't remember their names. Paco, Biso, Dal, <laughs> Parks, yeah. Dal, Priv, Mitch. Come on, you're a coach. You know better than that. <laughs> yeah, you don't call any of us by our first names. Yep. Lift, Mitch. Lift. Lift. Come on. <laughs> okay. Next question from PT Core underscore official. It seems to me that Peter Searle is doing a great job at the Saints, but this comes as no surprise to anyone knowledgeable about women's footy or even people like me who listen to people knowledgeable about women's footy. (laughs) Are you saying that you're listening to us because I'm not sure that we're very knowledgeable? (laughs) He must be listening to other podcasts. Yeah, he's talking about another pod, obviously. (laughs) So why did it take three seasons to give her an AFLW opportunity and are there other great players, coaches, and administrators that the AFLW is currently overlooking? Yes, is the answer. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, Well, I think in terms of Peter Searle, though, she probably didn't get an opportunity because she has been a development coach in the St Kilda um, men's program. Um, But once they got their VFLW licence, that's when she moved across to the women's program. So that's probably why we haven't seen her at this level until now. Um, but in, in terms of other coaches and administrators, yes, definitely there would be. Yes. I mean, I think we've – my favourite topic, like the opportunities provided to males over females is as per everything um, rather lopsided mm. and there's plenty of – <clears throat> very experienced female coaches, administrators, et cetera, et cetera, who have got the experience that is needed to really have a go at AFLW positions and they continue to be looked over in favour of perhaps people who have been in the AFLM system, um, which is a real shame because – it would just bring so much to AFLW yeah. if they could just give them a bloody look in. I can't wait until all of these fabulous AFLW players are now moving into the coaching world and getting, you know, doing their, their level twos and really getting opportunities to coach come through and start kicking out some of these freaking mm. AFLM old farts who've been around and taking their positions because they – no one knows the game better than the players. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, next question from Ellen B Positive. Who's your top six? 
players, teams. I'm assuming teams. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think as of now. Yeah, let's do as of now. As of who do you think is making finals now? For me, if current form holds for the next couple of weeks, I almost say that it's set. Like they're not not perhaps you know not in order. Um, but Frio, Brisbane, Collingwood, Adelaide, Kangaroos, Melbourne. That was very unusually direct for you, Alison. I know. No fence sitting. You sure about that? <laughs> She receives the questions, so she's probably been thinking about it. <laughs> well, I'm feeling a lot of heat from you in the last <laughs> couple of weeks, Caddy, about my <laughs> fence sitting. Um, my only, yeah, I mean, I'm just interested in the Crows Bulldogs game. Yes, this weekend. Crows, you know, I'm on the Crows. Um was surprised with the score on Saturday, but also these things happen and Melbourne were playing unbelievably. So I still think the Crows will beat the Bulldogs at home. Mm. Um and then but then Bulldogs are playing the Tigers. So I, I just think Melbourne's run home is really hard. So I'm just trying to see if another team can sort of skip over him. Mm. But I oh, Yeah. I think it stays at his two. But I only think the top three are going to win probably. Now. But also, I just, I'm just i just putting it out there that North play Brisbane at the Gabba and then Frio at Arden Street. So, just throwing in a spanner in the works here with that thought. That means that Carlton could also jump into the six if they win their next two rounds convincingly really versus well. the Suns and the Giants, which I actually think if they play like they did this weekend, they can actually do it. But that also relies on Western Bulldogs losing, yeah. relies on North getting spanked, relies on Melbourne losing as yeah. well. I think there will be movement between five and eight, but I don't think – there'll be enough movement to change the ladder. Mm. So I agree. I think I think the top six will stay as, as it is and I'll eat my words if the doggies <laughs> just come out firing this weekend, <laughs> um, which I'd love to see. I'd uh, love – We do yeah. uh, We do, love we do have a soft spot yeah. for Ellie Blackburn and her dogs. We do. And I think that's the game of the round this weekend. I agree. Like that is actually mm. – Or Freo and Melbourne as well. Oh God, yeah okay, but I think they're Adelaide, huge, both of them. Yeah. So yeah, so we're general consensus that we think the top six is set. I do. Yeah, I think we're. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're there. I think we're with the top six now, but th- this time next week we could be having it. <laughs> like <laughs> yep. the result. Like honestly, those two games this weekend that have the potential to really shake things up. Yeah, for sure. Okay, next question from at Lucy Walsh. Jasmine Garner, Kara Bowers, Britt Benici with 25-plus disposals. How do you shut them down? Hard tag. 
<laughs> yep. Who the heck do you get to tag Bowers? Bowers. <laughs> like, you actually can't. No, but but all three, though. I mean, because Ghana, like, yeah. you need a big-bodied mid. Long arms. She's got such long arms. Because, yeah, like, <laughs> if, you, if you shut her down... If you shut her down in the in the middle, they throw her forward and she <laughs> just plucks them out. The three really incredibly difficult players to shut down. You just have to. I think you just have to curb them. What does curb mean? Just you know, lessen w- one kind of facet of their game because you can't totally right. Shut them down yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Yes. So what do you choose to curb? Well, that's what it, that's what was ticking over in my head just then. I was like, yes. How? What? Turbo. Like, you can't even catch Turbo. Well, I mean, like, maybe you put someone like Kathy Zvark on Turbo mm. who can stay mm. with her. Same with Zvark, you know. They obviously decided to go with putting her on Davy as opposed to Benici, but Benici's got great endurance, so you need someone to go with her. Mm. Bring on finals, baby. Anyway, that's a tricky question. That's a Lucy great was. question. Mm. We don't know. <laughs> the ever professional, <laughs> we don't know. Standard, this AFL <laughs> life response. <laughs> okay, next question. At Hibbo underscore 91. Happy 30th birthday. Oh. Today, the Ides yes. of March. Oh. Happy Sammy bloody Jimmy, birthday. Hibbo 91. Oh, happy birthday. His question. Mm. Who slid along like a seal at Prince's oh Park better? <laughs> Hibba or Wayne Harms? I don't know. Oh, my God. Have you seen the footage? You don't know who Wayne Harms is, do you? No, but, but you, you see know the, the footage of the seal? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> What's Wayne? Who's Wayne oh. Harms? Look, I hate to be pedantic here, um, but the famous Wayne Harms slide and tap from the boundary in the 1979 Grand Final was actually at the MCG, not at Princess <laughs> Park. Uh, so... So Hibba. Yes. The seal. The seal. The seal wins. I'm just bringing up Wayne Harms. Well, I think I sealed better than Wayne Harms <laughs> on Princess Park, but I didn't do anything spectacular except slide into a fence. <laughs> so thanks for bringing that up, Samuel. <laughs> I'll show you the footage, Al. It's really bad. Okay. This is a real toughie. A doozy. Scooby.snacks. Oh, here oh we God. go. What player do you want to be and what player are you actually more like? We played this game yesterday when we were watching the football. <laughs> My answer, we were watching the Brisbane <laughs> game. The player I want to be is Bree Davey. But the player I am is I'm more of a Livingston, really. Like, I'm not moving too quickly, but. I can kick a ball real far, <laughs> but I can't do what Breed Avery does. But my God, I wish I could. Oh. I don't think that's an insult at all, to be honest. Yeah, 
No, it's not an insult. It's just like, you know, me saying that I want to be like Darcy Vessio and I'm like <laughs> double her weight. <laughs> it's just, uh, this is so hard because I like – because I'm really bad, so I don't want to say. That's what I mean. Like, who am I like? I'm not like anyone. I mean, I'd like to be, you know, Roxy Rue, but I am not. Yeah. So, yeah. who would you, you like be. to be? Yeah, I would like to be Roxy Rue. Good on you. But who are you? I don't know. Someone shorter, a bit slower, <laughs> a bit more in and under. Maybe Lammy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's a good one. Little nugget. Yeah. I would like to be Jasmine Garner because mm. I'd like to kick some goals and get some clearances and do some really great things. And also her brother comes to the games and screams so much and uh, that would be me anyway because my brother Your brother does that. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be I'd slot right in just as Jazzy Garner. Who am I like? Caddy, who am I like? Who's what sort team? of slow? What team do we pick from? A bit like a seal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely like Isabel Huntington. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other one who I would like to yeah. be. Isabel Huntington is like... Dream footballer. That's, I'm like a Z grade Isabel Huntington in my brain and in reality. <laughs> <laughs> But what I want to be is her. That means I'm double A. <laughs> I'm the row behind you. <laughs> you know, that taking a contested mark and kicking goals and also being a key defender, like that is... She could ruck if she needed to yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like that's freaking, like that's got to be... Epic. The ultimate. Yeah, so I mean, you can ask me tips anytime, Caddy, as my, you know, I am Isabel Huntington. Okay, great. Yeah. I probably play like Campbell <laughs> from Brisbane, you know. Yeah, she's just a gun. exactly like her. Yeah, totally. No, we're about the same height. That's the only thing I've got that's <laughs> the same as her. <laughs> okay, next question. We're over to Twitter now. At Jackie V Lynch. Forensic breakdown of the great escape from Frio yesterday, please. How, how, and also most of all, how? <laughs> Jeremy how. <laughs> Alison? Well, I did re-watch the last quarter because I went to the game and with about 10 minutes left, Nick Stevens kicks a goal to put Carlton 15 points up. And they'd been playing so well, I was like, oh, I think we're home could here. Be it. Yeah. yeah. And then it just kind of fell apart. <laughs> but re-watching it this afternoon... I, I, I re-watched it with the intention of trying to work out what Carlton did wrong. But I think, in some ways, I think Frio just upped the ante and they just they're, – they're supremely fit and they, they upped their pressure. There was a couple of things that didn't go Carlton's way, a couple of frees, um, a 50 was given away. They made some – bad decisions, you know, here and there, but it it they just upped their pressure and just put the foot down. I mean, I think like they're on top for a reason. I know we yeah. talk about them having a reasonably easy run of home games and whatnot, but you can't deny that they're a fit quick team. 
and perhaps it's just that they overrun Carlton in the end. Yeah. Really? And they, and they kicked those three goals within like yeah. 90 seconds or something. Like there was still about three minutes left in the game. Just once purple yeah. patch. Yeah. It was. Oh, that was <laughs> not bad by you. Good. <laughs> I, I will say that I don't think they beat Carlton. I think Carlton lost. So I, th- I don't know whether it was them. This is just my – I was watching it on the TV. And I don't know whether they upped it or whether Carlton just fell apart for 90 seconds and that was all it took. So Duffy had two shots on goal within two minutes and it, it just fell apart. There was also a centre clearance that I talked to you guys about earlier yeah. where mm-hmm. it was in the lead up to the goal that Houghton kicks to put them in front and Roxy Ruse in the in the ruck, she spikes the ball like she's playing volley, volleyball, smacks it 10 or 20 metres. <laughs> Prisparkis and a, and a Frio player are running onto it. Bowers is close behind Prisparkis. Loins comes across to block Bowers, which is completely the right thing to do. But in doing so, clips Prisparkis's heels Aww. and they both fall over. <laughs> Plot lost. <laughs> Plot lost. <laughs> and it just gave Frio clear run, mm. boot over the top, Houghton, mm. then goal. Another credit to Hayley Miller. Watching her in the last, I think, 10 minutes or so, she was just everywhere laying tackles. We spoke about Grace Egan um, just having a bit of a brain fart and playing on when she probably shouldn't have and wouldn't have done it any other time. But Hayley Miller just has these jets and she takes three steps and she just wrapped her up, which Grace Egan doesn't normally get wrapped up. Mm. So that's my forensic. Yeah. But then again, so like, but doesn't that just go back to Frio upping their pressure? True. And that perceived pressure that made Carlton make silly errors? True. And I suppose, yeah, just shows you who's who's better under that pressure. Mm. So, yeah, Carlton crumbling. Uh, actually, oh, your baggers. Yeah, no, I was. It was weird. Like I was disappointed, obviously, but it was just bizarre. Like I was just like, "How did this occur?" Yeah. I, yeah. I was. I'm. I'm still shocked about it. Yeah. More than anything, I think. Yeah. I was watching it, just going, "No, no, <laughs> surely, surely, not. oh no." Because also that goal that Nick Stevens kicked, oh, was an. I was sitting in the Pratt stand, which is on the wing and at the top. So it's like, it's just a fantastic place to watch Mm. footy from at at Icon Park. And the ball's booted forward. Darcy Vessio, it was absolutely amazing because she was completely out of position. Yeah. Like completely. It was reading the flight of the ball. It was going over her head straight into her opponent's hands. And she's running back trying to get into position and just before the ball reaches them she jumps up does a 180 taps the ball down to ground and then is able to evade a player and dish it off to Stevens who on her left snaps a goal it was just the most amazing thing (laughs) like she's just Darcy Darcy is just in such amazing form right now like she had no right to to win that footy, and she did. Yeah, she's so smart. That's what that comes down to. Smart. How do I beat my opponent here when I can't beat them? Yeah. Oh wait, yes I can. Mm. It was amazing. Anyway, 
I don't think good to see Nick Stevens kicking goals. I was speaking about Stevens. She had a really good game too. Yeah, and I reckon she's really grown into that forward role. It's taken her probably – this is her second season playing there. I reckon it's taken Mm. her – Because she was one of the competition's best defenders. Yeah. Yeah. And so they've obviously said that we've got the depth, we need you somewhere else. Huge kudos. Yeah. No, I thought that was the most dominant I'd seen her as well. I was really – like, but also had seen flashes of it so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really good. Okay, so A Cat four nine three has a topic for us, uh, and he says a look at how the Lions backline held Malloy goalless would be a good one. I reckon. I reckon too. <laughs> the hard tag, Caddy. Yeah, I mean, I would love to watch four quarters of camera watching Malloy yeah. run around to see what imagine, they did. Yeah, imagine like having ISO cam and being able to. Yeah. To actually really break that down. Yeah. I mean, from what I could see from watching the game, obviously, on telly, they just – she seemed she seemed to be getting held very closely by one player, but at points there always seemed to be another player near her as well. But I don't necessarily think that they were playing one in front or anything like that. So yeah. I just think – I just think it was incredible. Like, they threw her forward, they threw her back. Yeah. She could not touch the ball. Yeah. It was... But their their team defence seemed yeah. incredible. Like, not just the back five. It was... Well, it was pressure footy. Yeah. That's what it was. It was all-round pressure. Like, every... They made Collingwood work so hard for every single possession. Like, so, so hard. Smothers, tackles, pressure, pressuring errors making them make decisions that they wouldn't usually. And possibly that's why Malloy, yeah, you know, Malloy was mm. maybe taken out of position at times or um, just simply pressure-filled pressure, f- pressure filled football. It was reminiscent of Melbourne versus Adelaide, really. Same same thing. How do you stop Aaron Phillips and Chelsea Randall? Well, you'd, yeah, just don't give them time and space. Yeah. Mm. But they also, it, like I watched the last quarter again this afternoon of, of that game as well. And they just, like Brisbane just seemed to be able to get so many numbers back. And that takes a lot of... So much energy. A lot of fitness, mm. but also the mental application as well. But did you hear them say after the game, it's a heap cooler here than in Brisbane. So Yeah, true. I think. It played into their hands a little bit because the weather, they, yeah. they're used to the heat, but Come no humidity. Here. And so yeah. they've got a different type of fitness to mm. Melbourne teams. Yeah. Mm. Perhaps that played into that as well. Yeah. But yeah, I just, yeah, their ability to get numbers back and then springboard into attack was, yeah, was pretty impressive. Is that what um, Carlton didn't do in the last couple of minutes? That mental application, I think you make a really good point with that. Because I know being back on the field this weekend as well, like watching the footage back, there's so many times I was like, that was such a brain fade from me to not get on a player and I was lucky that the ball didn't come my way. But it was just a split second of lack of concentration and the the game opens up and changes. Mm. So obviously, yeah, I reckon Brisbane were just switched on the entire time. Yeah. They had to be and they yeah. were. But I also love that about pressure footy and having the intensity up because it's it's not it's not a like it's not a, a natural talent like even if you're not the most naturally gifted footballer, you can pressure and tackle and 
bring intent. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's a definite style. Like St Kilda play that style of football as well. Works really well for them. Perhaps in the teams where the skills aren't so silky and the speed isn't 100% there. It's a really good tactic. Yeah. Um, okay, next question from at GL Bastiani. How good is Tyler Hanks and why isn't she the favourite for the rising star? Who is the favourite yeah. for yeah, the rising I was star? Just say, really I, don't, I don't punt, so I have no idea who yeah. the favourite is at this point. Um, but, yeah, Tyler Hanks, you know, we did talk about um, – we've talked a lot about Melbourne and the players that they traded out at the end of last season – but when a player of the caliber of Aliso Day leaves, that leaves an opportunity for someone, and and Hanks has just taken it with both hands, and she's she's outstanding, and she was outstanding on on Saturday night. My God, yeah. When when I look at so I've I've got the list here of nominees for this year. Mm. Um, so Bella Dawes, Tani. Oh, sorry, Bell Dawes, Tani White, Tyler Hanks, Jess Fitzgerald. Nat Grider, Abby McKay, Tiana Smith, Rebecca Webster, Michaela Bowen, Ellie McKenzie, Tani Brown, and Daisy Bateman. And I think we've spoken about each of those players yeah. on this podcast and saying how impressive we've thought they've been. So of course, you know, they've got a nomination for a reason. I would I would put my money on Hanks. Fitzgerald or McKenzie at the moment. Yeah. I think. Um, they've probably had the biggest impacts. Whoever will win is likely to be a more successful team, probably. Yeah. Would you say? Not always. Because I would look at Richmond and say that they're sitting 10th on the ladder, but Ellie McKenzie has had a serious effect on the competition. Mm. But has she had as big, like, in terms of impact for helping her team win games, I would almost say that Hanks is in front there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and she could she she could do an easy Huntington and win the Rising Star in her third season. Totally. Mm. But I guess the... But that's just, I'm just saying, you know, she's someone who's had an effect that's not in a team that's top four. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I if she if she does win it, she's thoroughly deserving of it. She's been sensational. Okay, at Torak, the current AFLW CBA expires after the twenty twenty two season. AFLM came away with a three point five percent pay cut post COVID. We obviously want the league to become full time. But what do you really realistically expect the time frame to full professionalism to be? Do you think the men will sacrifice for AFLW? No. Yeah, that's a that's a huge question. But the last, the se- the second part of the question: Do you think the men will sacrifice for AFLW? I don't necessarily think they will. No. 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 In terms of fully fully professional. Oh, we're a long way off. I mean, I think we'll hear in the next week about the new expansion teams and when they'll be coming in. 
I think most AFLW fans don't really want it to be anytime soon. I think we need to consolidate and build from there. But, you know, how the AFL rolls. So that might be coming sooner rather than later. I think it's a part of even, would you put 10 years, 10, 15 years? I don't know. Longer, probably. I think the first thing that will happen is all of the clubs will have a team. And that won't happen for at least the next four years. So you think every club will have to have an AFLW team before it's fully professional? Yep. Because when you have a look at the the structure of the AFL mm. as an entity, you can't then – it would be really difficult. You, you, you could. It would be really difficult to bring in a whole new team without it being – sorry, with it being professional. They'd have to – the budgets, that kind of thing would all have to be – I can't see it being fully professional at this point, ever, I think is my answer, actually. Ever? Yep. Ever? Yep. Yeah, right. Ever? In the next 20 years. Really? Yeah, really. I just think it's a long way off, and I think that um, until you get the right time into the pathways, there's no point in even trying for professional. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that it'll take its time. I think... It needs to. I do. <laughs> really, I I think it needs to start generating, I guess, m- more income for for the players. I know that the AFL has a shitload of money floating around that they're just not spending on it, but that it's a bit of a tit for tat thing where they're not going to spend anything on a commodity that's not bringing anything in. Yeah, I just think it's a with, with this with like professionalism in women's sport. I think it's a it's a chicken and egg thing, like. Yeah. yeah. So, because from my perspective, it's like, well, you do what cricket did. You just make the investment. You make the investment so the athletes can become full-time and dedicate all of their time to being professional athletes and then they'll be the fucking best in the world. But how like many cricketers – yeah, but how many cricketers not, are there in – yeah. Let's park that for a second. But at the moment, it's um, – well, we're not going to make it – more professional until the standard lifts or, you know, the competition is better or it makes more money. But it's like that puts the onus on the players to just be better. Like you can't just be better in a vacuum. Like they can't just continually keep putting their lives on hold and just become better. There has to be an investment at some point. So I'm my school of thought is just make the investment and it will pay off rather than asking them to just be better. Yep. Right now, though, I think with I, – I know it needs to happen. I think it will happen, like I said. But the women who are playing at the moment are doing, like, you, like we've discussed, part-time everything else. Yeah. I don't think we'd have a professional football – enough women who right now would play just football. I still think you need the pathways first. Well, they're investing in the pathways. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're investing in the right place. So yeah. let let that, let it play, let it do what it needs to do. Yeah. And then you build. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still I still think that there needs to be more in, of an investment in the current crop of athletes. Oh no, no doubt about it. But I just I understand how a competition becomes a competition. Okay, well, Torek, that was a that was a good question. I think we 
Alison agree, nearly punched us in the face. Agree to disagree. Yeah. Agree to disagree on some <laughs> elements. No, that's we're all entitled to our opinions. <laughs> okay, and the last question is from Ro underscore Kel. When will we start paying tackles? There seems to be a tendency for umps to allow play on rather than rewarding the effort oh. that players are putting in to make tackles. Is this a strategy to keep the game moving? Or will it frustrate players who aren't getting good tackles paid? Well, it's frustrating supporters. <laughs> I think it's a recurring theme, umpiring. It's just so inconsistent. I have to say that not rewarding tackling is probably my biggest bugbear of football. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so unfair. You tell players... You know, you'll be rewarded, you do the work, you'll be rewarded, you do the work, you make the tackle, you blah, 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 and they don't fucking reward it. And it's just unbelievable. I think they must have been told not to. (laughs) Like, it's so obvious. Just let the girls play. See what they do, you know. Get stuffed. (laughs) Blow the whistle. Do you know how hard it is to lay a really hard tackle and then – it fumbles around and you have to get up and keep going and you're like, I just crumpled someone to the ground and you're not going to reward me for it. I may as well just stay down here. Um, But I do also want to say umpiring, we really need good quality umpires. So if you're thinking about becoming an umpire, you should definitely do it. Have we got many more? No, that's that's all of the questions. God, fam. I love all these questions. They're so well thought through, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, well, and I think you can definitely tell, like, we're getting to the pointy end of the season and everyone's, like, really highly engaged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love ab- it. I absolutely love and yet, it. we still don't really have much to add, do we? Nothing <laughs> of value. our way through. <laughs> I think we've got lots to add. <laughs> okay. Now it's time for... Would you rather... This is from at DataKid23. Would you rather <laughs> – this is actually quite funny, considering what we were talking about earlier. Would you rather umpires that never make mistakes or commentators that never use cliches? <laughs> oh, that's looking, looking hard at the North Melbourne Western Bulldogs game and, in quotation marks, reward for effort. I would rather have umpires who don't make mistakes. Yeah, I think. Yes. We, I can mute commentators. I regularly watch AFLW on mute, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think that um, after our previous discussion, we're all in agreement that, geez, we just would love some umpires. <laughs> that being said, how good is it when an umpire makes a ridiculous call? It's like a 50 metres for your team and you're like, what the fuck did that come from? And then you get to watch yourself, your team kick a goal. I mean... And you're like, thanks. That would never happen if umpires never made mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and I also want to add that some of Bette Goddard's footy cliches are pretty oh, funny. No, but she does so that on good. purpose. She's, I reckon she's got a bingo card that she's trying to take oh, yeah. off every game. Yeah. Well, she ripped out one the other week that said, oh, you don't have to be dead to be stiff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but again, she was commenting on the umpiring, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is great. Now, Hiba, did you have a would you rather? I have a would you rather. 
Bring it on. Here we go. All right. I've got a three-way would you rather. <laughs> three-way? A three-way. Do you remember doing three-ways on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> we had different childhoods. <laughs> Do you? friend and then you have to call the other one and then join the phone lines I together. I didn't have that many friends. So. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever did that. Okay, if you've done that, send me a tweet so I know I'm not the only one. Oh my god. I've got a three alternative would you rather? <clears throat> triple pronged. A triple prong. I've got a fork. I've got a fork it's of would you rathers. <laughs> okay. Would you rather get to the end of SAS Australia or would you rather get to the end of Survivor or would you rather get to the end of The Amazing Race? Oh. I.e., do you want to be Sab Frederick, do you want to be Moana Hope or do you want to be Chelsea Randall and Radchich? I mean, to be fair, I don't think any of, only one of them made it to the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> from my reality television knowledge, I can't say I've watched any of them. <laughs> yeah, me neither. No. But I actually accidentally flicked onto The Amazing Race last night and saw Chelsea bomb out. Oh, spoiler! If you haven't watched it, oh, yeah, so was <laughs> shit. She's done. Oh, it's all over. Her socials. She couldn't weigh the cheese. Oh, oh that no! Was the problem. Cheese. She just couldn't weigh cheese. <laughs> cheese, Louise. I think I would. I I would rather be on the Amazing Race. I yeah. don't know why. I just think I would rather be Chelsea Randall. I, yeah, I think I'd rather um, get to travel than be yelled at lots, slash starved. Yes. Definitely. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good points. Mm. Yeah. Caddy? I really love Survivor. I think it's a very smart show. And can I've I just say. never watched it. Oh, can I just say that I was not a Mohope fan when she came on to Survivor, but was big into her corner by the time it finished because she played a great game and was very impressive and was a bit of an underdog. And it's no easy feat lasting that f- far in Survivor. So, give me Survivor. I, I think it's I'd, hardcore. I think I'd be too annoying for people on yeah, Survivor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think I'd last. <laughs> Trust. <laughs> the tribe has spoken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> oh. Too many jingles. Oh. oh. Not enough jingles. <laughs> Although I don't really like, like, the thing I don't like about Survivor is... That they sleep on like these cold beaches and like crabs just like crawl over them in the night. And nah, stuff. that's no, I'm not nah, about that. absolutely not. Put me in the hotel room in the Amazing Race. Might have to get up <laughs> early, but that's fine. <laughs> um, I, I'm sorry, I didn't bring a, a would you rather to the table this week. It's okay, you brought twenty questions. Um, but looking ahead to round eight. Oh my God, tears! Wow, yeah. What are we most looking forward to? For me, it's Frio versus Melbourne. And I know Caddy will say dogs versus Adelaide, so that's why I'm saying Frio versus Melbourne Mm. in Frio. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that too. Um, But also, 
the next meeting of the APFC. Of course. I just thought that was a given. Yeah. What's the key matchup of the weekend in those two games? Crikey. I think Blackburn Mar- Marinoff. Oh yeah. Will be good in in the middle. And oh god, will they tag Blackburn? I don't think so. Cuz Noffy doesn't play a tagging role. Noffy plays Noffy. Mm. They might they might throw someone else on, but I I doubt it cuz I know that Adelaide Adelaide like to play their brand of football. Yeah. Will Chelsea Randall still be up forward? She's been playing up there a lot lately. I think so. Because their defence is real solid. Then who do you play on Aaron Phillips? Izzy Huntington. Well, I was thinking that. Is that a matchup? Oofed. Throw it in there. That's our matchup. Yeah. I'll coach them. <laughs> Bit of a height difference, but I'll still do it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I still, I think you rob your forward line too much by taking Izzy out, and I think Doggy's back line's been functioning Lynch. really well. Yeah. yeah, maybe Lynch would play on Phillips. Yeah. What about key matchups in Frio Melbourne? It's got to be in the middle, hasn't it? Yeah, I just I wonder if they Paxi Bowers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but I also wonder if they they do play Zanka. On the mm. ball again as a as a Besides, big body. Yeah, they mid. probably do need a bit of bigger body in there. Yeah, it's a good call. Daisy in the forward line again. Don't know. Don't know. She. I mean, she. She has an impact because she does so much organising and mm. and her voice and leadership out there. But I like. She didn't hit the scoreboard. Yeah. Last week. Might be more and their backs. Back. Oh my god, their backs are so dangerous. Mm. Be interesting if they bring Meg Downey back because mm. she played, I think, for Casey on the weekend. She played VFL. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Who do you put on Houghton? Libby Birch? Yeah. Someone that has to, like, because she's so quick, so someone that can match her for pace. Gab Colvin. Gab can match her for pace, yeah. Um, I just had a really quick look at, like, the top top statistics for players. Mm-hmm. And so far as I've been swiping, Kara Bowers has been in the top for pretty much everything. 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 Yeah. Everything. Marks, clearances. She's at the top with 48 clearances, averaging 6.9. Yeah. It's just going to be huge. Huge. Contested possessions. Elise Parker, 103. Jet. Yeah. Meters gained. Elise Parker. Jet. Well, that is pretty much all we've got time for. Um. Yet again, we've had some people buy us beers. What? I know. It's been amazing. Thank you for all of your support. Um, If you do want to shout us a beer, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash this AFL life. We love you a lot. And we have a lot of kicks we need to line up. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we We really do. Get onto that. Yeah. Just got to do it in my training, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Get your kicks in. That's it. Mm. Uh, But we will see you next week. Ciao. See ya.